Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Welcome to uh, this week's edition of Around the Hearn. A lot of things to get to from the uh, baseball world, the basketball world, finishing up the all-Ohio voting, and also some news from the football world. So we'll talk to now former St. Mary's head football coach Doug Fry and uh, talk about everything that went on in his career and uh, look back at the Rough Riders in the last six years during my tenure being able to call football games there. And also Brad Turner, who's the golf and the softball coach at Fort Loramie. We talk a lot about restaurants, talk some softball, and uh, a little bit about his connection to Putnam County and the uh, big news out of the Ohio State University uh, baseball program last week. Seth Lonsway from Salina named the uh, Pitcher of the Week on the uh, national level. 17 strikeouts on Saturday to help the Buckeyes get a win. Staying with the baseball theme, the last couple of nights I've seen a couple of really good games. Uh, unfortunately, if you're a Fort Jennings fan, the one last night didn't turn out the way that you would like. A 10-10 game going into the seventh, and a Crestview put across 11 runs to just one for uh, Fort, and uh, the, the Jennings Musketeers lose in that game 21-11, uh, to 11. but... A little piece of history that I figured out. Zach Schulte had three doubles in that game. Fell one short of tying the county record, but did tie the school record. Ron Dre, Dave Grothaus, Aaron Chandler, and Brandon Weary all had hit three doubles in a game previously. It was part of a five-double night for the Musketeers, but unfortunately for them, just uh, meltdown in the seventh inning. Tuesday, got to see Ryan Lukey from Collider throw a complete game shutout in a win over Audeville and Josh Turbin. That was a one nothing ball game that... Just had a Luke Earhart RBI single as the difference maker. Lukey gave up one hit in that shutout. Monday, got to see Salina shutout St. Henry. It was a one nothing game, and those two games could not have been more different, by the way. The one for Salina was over two and a half hours. The one for Kaleida and Audeville was an hour and 18 minutes. Why? Because that's how baseball is. Got a handful of no-hitters as well the last couple of weeks here in Northwest Ohio. One Starting talking about Fort Loramie, Mac Fortman, in a 5 nothing win over Anna on Monday. Saw him pitch last week against Coldwater in a game they lost one nothing. Had a uh, terrific outing, but just couldn't get a run. Coldwater got three three hits on singles, turned it into a run in the first inning and ended up standing up. And a week later, he throws a no-hitter. Baseball. Lipstick's Trace Schrader struck out 13 in a 13 nothing win on Monday over McComb, so it must have been something in the air. On a Monday, Shawnee's uh, Caden Vermillion and Derek Rose no hit line a senior in game one of a double hitter on a Saturday. Ended up winning that game 12 nothing. They took the second game 32 to two. Logan Maxwell hit a pair of homers on the day. Went five for five in the second game with a home run, a triple, and it nearly hit for the cycle while he drove in five. Van Buren's Weston Heitkamp threw a five inning no hitter against Bluffton in a 20 to nothing win. And then it's about home runs. You'll hear Brad talk about softball home runs coming up in a little bit, but Shawnee's Kaylee Grant on Saturday in a 21-5 win over Spencerville had a pair of home runs, as did Alan East's Maggie Wanamaker. She went for six RBI in the uh, 24-2 win over Continental. And that's uh, a lot of what's happened. It's just fascinating to see uh, early on in the season, the first couple of weeks, We've not had a lot of rainouts, despite the fact that it's in the forecast for today, that uh, have affected things. But a lot of wind has affected it. And again, you'll hear Brad and I talk about this a little bit ago, about the difference from the way that certain fields are oriented, that it's either a pop fly or it's over the fence. Those two young ladies with a pair of home runs in their games, though, just uh, straight beast mode, as did Madison Wendell for Coldwater. She had a two-home run game a couple of days ago. I think is the fifth player in school history to do it. Already 53 strikeouts in 24 innings. That's what her dad tells me. I get updates from him. <laughs> He's a very proud papa, and I totally get it. Turning to the world of basketball, finishing up the uh, boys' basketball season, George Mangus from Shawnee, first team All-Ohio, ended up as one of the six finalists for Mr. Basketball. Ultimately went to Malachi Branham from St. Vincent St. Mary, who just went off in the finals in Dayton. D1 All-Ohio, A.J. Adams, just signed to uh, play at Finley. He got a second-team honor. Khalil Luster, the point guard for Lima Senior, on the third team. Max Roth from Finley made the honorable mention. 
D2 has George Mangus on the first team. His high school teammate, Tyson Elwer. Special mention, along with Van Wert superstar Owen Treese. Latrey Williams from St. Mary's gets honorable mention. D3 coach of the year, Nate Barhorst from Anna. He gets Ben Kovacs on the second team, along with Ottawa Glendorf's Brennan Blevins, the sharpshooter for a T-Mac. Third team went to Owen Nichols from OG. Rossi Moore from Lima Central Catholic got honorable mention. D4, All-Ohio, Kalen Etzler from Crestview. Blake Reynolds from Columbus Grove and Aiden Reichert from Jackson Center. On the first team, second team honors, a pair of Jays. Josh Turbin from Audeville and Jacob Plyman from Bakkins. That's one Bakkins kid that didn't get snubbed because the other, Jaden Pretty Powell, definitely got snubbed, left off the entire list. Special mention goes to Jagger Landers from Antwerp, Justin Nixon from Minster, Luke Earhart from Collide, and Reese Boosie from New Bremen. Third team went to Dylan Hughes from Parkway who might be on the show coming up. Talked to his dad, said he'd love to be on it. I'd love to have him on it. Honorable mention, Bobby Knight from Perry, Tate Burnesser from Columbus Grove, who had 233 three-pointers, the second-highest total in Putnam County history in his career. Alex Eink, the uh, future capital point guard from Marion Local. Joey Bottom from Van Lu. He had a great all-star game a couple of weeks ago, by the way. And Caleb Meyer from uh, Fort Loramie the uh, all-Ohio selections for this year on the boys' side. That's what you've got for news and notes. You can always hit me up on Twitter, at MichaelHearnPVP. Let me know what I should be talking about or who I should be talking about on this show. As we uh, take a break, when we come back, you'll hear from the one and only Doug Fry, the head coach for uh, St. Mary's and at Wapakoneta and B. Cyrus for so long, talking about winding down his career and so much more. And also, we'll talk softball on the other side of that with Brad Turner, the head coach at Fort Loramie. All of that coming up here on Around the Hearn. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Hey Bearcat fans, Spencerville Hardware is your local hometown hardware store. Located at 115 North Broadway Street in Spencerville, Spencerville Hardware can assist with any painting with their full line of paint and custom tinning. Also stocked with the highest quality power tools, you can reach Spencerville Hardware by calling 419-647-4468. Plan your trip by checking out their e-catalog on SpencervilleHardware.com. To place your items in your cart and have the order emailed to the store and ready for pickup. Spencerville Hardware is open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, and 8 to 3 on Saturday. Spencerville Hardware Store, 419-647-4468. About six or so years ago, when I got the job doing St. Mary's football on K94, I went out to the school and got to sit and talk to Doug Fry for quite a while. And for about an hour or so, we talked about everything about life and not anything about football. And the thing that I've always taken away from that is how good of a person that Doug Fry is. And the news coming out that he's stepped away from being the head coach at St. Mary's. Doug, thank you so much for that because that was so cool to me because it helped me kind of learn about you. And we talked about so many things and, it was just kind of it, – it made me more at ease of maybe what people had told me. Well, you know, Doug Fry's not what he's got to deal with. Well, you know, uh, that the reason you do this is not because of football. You do it because you want to impact people's lives. Football is just a mechanism to be able to do that. Unfortunately, you know, you're held to certain standards and, and wins and losses to a lot of people are, are the final thing. But – it is is certainly not that, and uh, um, we've developed a great relationship, and that's that's good. And uh, you know, if you talk about the hard to deal with, uh, if you ask my wife, she might say that I am once in a while. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, and we've been happily married for over forty years right now, and uh, she has as big of a part of of what I've been able to do throughout the coaching as. I have to do with it because she's extremely supportive farm girl with a great work ethic. And, uh, you know, it takes that. And, uh, but yeah, the important part of this job is being able to impact people's lives and, and, and hopefully make a positive impact for the future. 
Well, maybe she's where everybody's getting their information from then. <laughs> well, I'm not sure, but uh, she she uh, definitely. Uh, I, I was very fortunate to uh, have uh, be able to marry right and uh, do it early and uh, get us a very supporting person. And a lot of times throughout the years of coaching, when we've moved and I've left her back to sell a house or uh, take care of all the other things, uh, it's not always been easy, but it's been a life that we really enjoyed. And uh, she was a teacher uh, that made a big impact in the classroom uh, throughout the years. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably the thing that her and I will both miss is just the interaction and the impacts. We had tons of meals at our house through years. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, those moments are as important, if not more important than the other moments. I, I saw this somewhere, but was it 14 or 15 times I saw you guys had moved throughout the course of your career? I believe it's 14. She keeps track of all this. I bet, uh, I bet so. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it, it, times have really changed in coaching. You don't see that nearly like you used to um, back through the times. And when, we, when we moved to St. Mary's, um, we moved with the intention of um, our three children graduating from the same high school. Our daughter, Courtney, was an eighth grader. Uh, at that juncture, the boys were in uh, elementary school, so we wanted that to take place. But uh, football coaching, obviously, and, and education has been a big part of our lives. And uh, uh, like I said, times have changed. You don't see that quite as often anymore. Well, and it's kind of interesting, too, for me to look at, and obviously I, I know this is it's a short thing in terms of the last couple of days, but, I mean, to look at what you've done in, in that long scope of just how football itself has changed. It's immensely changed, immensely changed. And, you know, I grew up in a uh, uh, three and a half hours away from here in eastern Ohio and in a in a factory uh, eastern Ohio uh, town that was blue collar uh, completely. So um, and I uh, worshipped the ground that my high school coach walked on. Uh, it was the hometown of Woody Hayes, the hometown of Cy Young um, and uh was a manager for the team and uh, was fortunate enough to start my uh, true uh, assistant coaching career with a guy that had graduated from Newcomerstown, Whip Parks, and uh, worked for him for those years. So I came up under some great people. And uh, But yes, Michael, the, the game um, has changed probably a little bit for the better, <laughs> so, but uh, somewhat for the worse, too. And uh, I think uh, football probably reflects the way society changes. Well, there is one thing that hasn't changed, the way St. Mary's runs their offense. And I think that uh, the real key in, in coaching is really uh, personalities to match places. And, uh, you know, I've been able to adapt to a lot of different circumstances from in, inner city to um, bigger towns to small places to in between places. So I've been able to adapt and, and go from there. But St. Mary's has always had a certain philosophy in the way we do things. Uh, and, you know, I, I felt and that was really the reason, one of the biggest reasons that we ended up locating here uh, in 1998 was I thought that it matched uh, my view of things. Well, I always joke on the radio that anytime that you guys have put in new packages throughout the last handful of years and, I remember the first time I saw Brayden Dunlap do it of being uh, in the shotgun with the two wings and saying uh, St. Mary's in the shotgun and, and joking with Denny of how many times have you ever said that in your life? Not very often. And, you know, obviously Coach Bachman, uh, you know, God bless him and, and Coach Pretty, God bless him. They, they did a great, great job and they had a philosophy and a way of doing things. So what you try to do, in any community or any program you're part of is you try to study history. And if history of that program is something that was very good, then you try to emulate that and stay as close to it as possible. If it wasn't very good, then you're probably going to have to go a little different direction. But I think the shotgun has gave us another um, variety, but really all we're doing in that shotgun is using wing T concepts is all all we're doing. So I sat there amongst my young coaches and I, I, in every way I try to take every distraction off the plate of any assistant coach and let them do their jobs. 
and use their abilities. And I said, hey, let's do this. But, hey, I'm going to pull you back sometimes because we got to keep this within uh, the framework of what we're what we're doing. But, yeah, when we pulled that out against Ottawa Glandor in 2018, I think there were a lot of people wondering what was going on. But it was, you know, it helped us. I had three people text me and say, did you mean to say there was a shotgun? <laughs> and I would imagine, uh, you know, we have a community that um, – um, obviously is a fantastic community with fantastic people, but we're not real, um, quick to change things. <laughs> and, uh, and especially when things have been extremely, uh, successful. I remember when I became the head coach over at Wapakoneta, uh, I remember as I came back into town and I never wore any of that Wapakoneta red back in the St. Mary's always had to change back into something more neutral at that point as I came through town and, now, obviously, I always kept it on when I was in Wapakoneta, but the biggest thing they were concerned about over here was changing the socks uh, that had been on those uniforms that, uh, that had been worn by Rough Riders for years. And obviously, they were concerned about other things, too. But I, I heard a lot about the change of the socks. So, you know, when you got a great program, if you're a smart coach, uh, you, you try to keep things as close to the uh, uh, old style, the way it's been done is in the past because you've got something to grip onto and use. Well, and that was something a little bit different too because when you left and when you came back, the program was in completely different kind of points and you had to work hard to get the kids back into the weight room and to kind of fix things. And you've called it, when we talked about it, about year X of the rebuilding process. I think you're doing a pretty good job as Bob the Builder. Well, yeah, I guess that's been part of my MO. And, uh, you know, obviously if I would have stayed in places longer, I could have, could have padded that win and I lost record more to the win side of things. And, you know, it is more fun, obviously, to win the game and lose the game. But that's really not been ever been the most important thing to me. It's been making an impact and doing, doing what's right. And, uh, um, you know, I, and honestly, the second time around, and I've said this to a lot of people, was simpler than the first time around. I mean, when I first came here the first time, I was the first outside person that had coached in the Rough Rider program in 39 years. So, um, you know, as, as Coach Bachman was here, I mean, roughly somebody will, these years might be a few off, but he was close to 35 years. And then Coach Pretty had done a fantastic job stepping in as a D coordinator, had been here for four years. But I come in, and there had been no one from outside this program in 39 years. So that was <laughs> a tough one for the first couple years. The second time I came back, the program was in disarray. But, uh, you know, the people knew me, the kids knew me, uh, and we were just going to do things that were going to get the program rectified. And God bless those kids. I mean, who could have anticipated we come out in the first game against Sydney and get a win like that? Now, when you left the first time, when you went to Wapakoneta, was the goal or the, the thought process of, I'm going to be at Wapak, when I'm done at Wapak, that's it? Yes, it was. I uh, At that point, uh, I had taken it. This was the best thing that happened to me throughout this whole time. From age 26 on, I've, I've been a head coach with the exception of one season. Uh, and one season, I was able to see Bo and Kobe uh, play college football. Christy and I were able to travel, which, you know, it was a little tough because when you're coaching Friday and you got a full weekend's worth of work to do to get away and go to Missouri or go to Indiana or anywhere, to go to Illinois, whatever, whatever, even the close ones, weren't even the home games weren't easy because you had to get back and get a lot of work done. So that was an enjoyable year in between. And when I left, I, Christy and I decided, hey, I had like 26 years, 25 years in education. We both did that, hey, you know, I may never coach again at that point. And then I started to get a little antsy towards the end of the college season. And I said, well, Christy, I, there's only about two jobs. We were, we were, we're not going to move again. <laughs> we already had decided we weren't going to move. She was on the pay scale here a little bit, was comfortable with her job. So, I said, I, there's only really a couple jobs that I'd be interested or big enough schools that I can move with being up the pay scale a little bit because in education, you got to go back to 10 years, and I was at 25. And Wapakoneta was one of them, is, even though, frankly, I didn't want to move to another Western Buckeye League 
school and it opened, it worked out. I went there with the intentions of being done and retiring from there and finishing up. And actually that's what Christy wanted me to do at that point. Well, and you know, just, it's just, it always fascinates me to just picture the way that that whole thing works, but how did you have to go the end of the year? Uh, I know everybody talks about when contracts are renewed as far as the school goes, but I would imagine that you had to have a different contract renewal ceremony at home before you even got to have that conversation. You mean uh, with my wife? Is that yeah. what you're referring yeah, to? Having a real conversation with the boss first. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But she, I tell you what, you just, uh, I don't know. She's uh, she's a very unique um, coach's wife. And uh, if that's what I needed to do and, and what needed to happen. And, you know, it was tough on her because she was at that point still teaching at St. Mary's. She's teaching here at St. Mary's. And I leave and become the head coach at Wapakoneta. And, uh, you know, she's used to putting on that blue and gold every day and uh, being part of things and, uh, and being here. And, uh, so, and then I'm leaving and coaching over there. So for her, that wasn't an easy thing, being in the building all the time and me coaching at the rival school. Well, after the boys are done with college, the last handful of years, how much more rewarding or I guess to make it easier to come back every year was it with having them on this staff? Well, I think not just them, but the entire group of coaches because everybody I have with me are guys that either played for me. Most of them played for me or coached with me. And uh, I was just, as it got later in the, the Wapakoneta career, I had no intentions of leaving and I would never have left for any other job. There was no other job across the state of Ohio I would have any interest in, except at the end with with this situation and and here at St. Mary's. And, and if things would have been at least decently rolling along, that would have never happened. But I was having a very difficult time um, coming back here and seeing what had happened to our our program and our school system at that point was struggling. We were having a hard time passing levies. Um, keeping jobs and, and in the midst is about the third year of Wapakoneta, uh, our daughter ended up moving back from Cincinnati and deciding to locate in St. Mary's. So as much as of a career position or decision it was, it was even bigger as a family decision. You said earlier on that you kind of had an odd thing in terms of being an outsider and coming in, but did you also have with given who you were replacing. I know a lot of coaches talk about that when you replace a legend, that there's even more extra pressure to be good, I guess, out of the gate. Well, in one way, it was somewhat of an advantage because I replaced Coach Pretty instead of directly coming in after Coach Bachman. So uh, it was very tough because Coach Pretty is as much of a legend as Coach Bachman um, was, but I didn't have to directly come in after Coach Bachman in three state championships in four years. So there was a little bit of a buffer there, which helped helped at least a, a little bit at that point. 2020 is such an odd year when we're going to look back at it in history at some point. How, how I don't even know how to ask the question really, but how different or how much of a challenge was everything kind of from March to now in terms of are we even going to have football? Are we getting to that point? Does football even matter or kind of with the kids even? It was um, it was a challenge, and I think it was a challenge for everyone. And I think it was the unknown that was the biggest challenge. And, uh, you know, I, I have prided myself uh, through the years on um, work ethic and preparation. And – Throughout that period of time, I was pretty much in daily contact with Jim Holman, uh, fairly often with our superintendent, Bill Rowane. And I had plan A, B, C, and D put together on different increments, how they would let us come back. So, you know, once we started to see some light at the end of the tunnel with a possible opportunity to play this season, then, um, you know, for us as coaches and for me, especially, it was all, it was all steam ahead and moving ahead at that point. And we couldn't look around. We couldn't make excuses. 
and the kids were excited to get back and get out of the house and be involved in school. But as I travel across the state, and it actually worked out a little better over here because there's a lot of places that have just went back to school recently or, um, you know, are only going now on a part-time basis. So we were pretty fortunate here from um, the other parts of the state. I can't imagine, though, that, and I know this happened in the WBL a couple of times this past year, but sitting at home, let's say a Tuesday night after practice, you're, you're having dinner, talking to the wife, and all of a sudden you start thinking, you know, I hope one of the kids didn't go somewhere and have something happen, and then the next day you get the call of, you can't have this young man on Friday night. I mean, that, that can't be an easy thing to sort of try to wrap your mind around. True, that was tough. And, uh, you know, we continually, uh, I think kids' mentality uh, in general, they don't really see the whole picture at all times. And they don't think about the ramifications sometimes. And we were constantly talking to our kids about the fact that they had to be very careful with where they were at and what they were doing. And we didn't have the luxury like high state has, or the NBA had, or uh, college football team. We, we didn't have a bubble to stay in. I mean, we, we were living normal. Kids were going home. Um, and Molly Albert, our trainer did a fantastic job. Uh, but part of it was luck of the draw at times because it wasn't that you actually got COVID, but with the way quarantine was happening, it may be the case that you were just at the wrong lunch table. And uh, so, you know, that, that was scary. I would imagine as a coach, your least two favorite words to hear were contact tracing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I guess when history comes back, people are going to put this in the textbook and look at back at the COVID year and uh, say, wow, what was that? Right. Contact uh, tracing shows up a lot in this book. Yes. And what what are they talking about here during this period of time? And I I think we're starting to get a handle on this COVID thing a little more now. But when we were coming through and the first sport coming back, you know, I I honestly, at that point, it was looking pretty bleak. And I was saying, well, why don't we just flip the seasons around and go in the spring? But I'm glad we didn't now. Um, but it, it, uh, it worked out. (laughs) I don't know what else to really say about it. Uh, it worked out and we got through it. (laughs) Well, and you have a lot of kids too, because a lot of multi-sport kids where they didn't get their spring sport. Uh, And I know a lot of the football players are, are big players on the baseball team, but I mean, did you have to kind of talk to them about that at all? Or, I mean, were they kind of accepting about, all right, you know, that's done. Let's get into football. You know, I couldn't imagine, I said this quite often, and I discussed this with our coaches and, and some of their families and, and my family, I just couldn't imagine being a kid at that time because I was a multi-sport kid, played four sports, you know, played baseball in the summer, moved up track in baseball in the spring for a while at least, and I just couldn't imagine having to fight through that at that period of time. And uh and try to work through that. So we were very compassionate towards our kids, very understanding towards our kids. They were anxious to get back. And I guess the only positive from it was uh, they were pretty fresh. They were pretty ready to go uh, when they came back. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's so much that goes on between multi-sport guys that they really don't have an opportunity to just get out and be, be people at times. So we try to do our best in our football program to do enough to make our kids productive and make them part of it. But especially those Baltics guys, we try to cut some breaks to them because it's pretty demanding anymore. The season is a very odd thing. You get six games, you have uh, overtime games right out of the gate, sort of trying to figure out where your team's at. The heavy hitters come in with the way the WBL schedule was set up. Uh, Six and three on the year. You look back at that as your last season. Obviously, there's things you would have done differently, but – Content? Uh, I think we're on the verge of having a great football team. You know, we were the whole the whole season. We got beaten double overtime against Ottawa Glandorf and recovered a fumble <laughs> that looked like it won the game. Uh, you know, what was it thirty four twenty eight? I believe to Van Wert. Okay, uh, didn't really play a clean game 
in that game. So we we were, as you say, ifs, buts, and shouldas. We were really an eyelash away from running the table uh, this year. Uh, won a couple playoff games. You know, played a nice game against Franklin, and then just got. You know, we were the injury bug hit us pretty hard uh, throughout this year, and it hit us in the skill guys hard with the kids we lost. So that really hurt us down the road. And you can't control that. I mean, those kids are great kids, and they worked hard at it. And, and we had to make some changes. We hope that that didn't attribute to it. We couldn't get in the weight room, be condensed as much. So, you know, we weren't able to get in the weightlifting time that we really wanted. And that might have impacted us a little bit at that point of things. But, yeah, I, I think that we, due to the circumstances with the injuries and, and the breaks, you know, we, we've been – we won three championships in a row. We've been number two in the league the last two years, but right on the bubble of being – being champions five straight times. So, and we've really been hit hard by injuries the last couple of years. And again, that's going to happen. You can't control that. Our uh, younger programs have been fantastic. I mean, seven to one JV team ran the table with the eighth grade team. Got a good number of, um, we have separate seventh and eighth grade teams. And, you know, last year between those two groups, there's, um, golly, there's uh, 70 kids probably between those two groups. So I really think you know, my, I, when I got into this, when I came back, I was only planning on doing it for about five years. And I wanted to leave when things were built back up and before I was around too long so I could enjoy some things with my wife at the end. So I've stayed a couple of years past that, but uh, now I'm making the transition. Every two a day was, this is the last time, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I don't get too tied up in all all the little sentimental things. And I remember, you know, oh, no, it's kind I mean, of old... I'm not doing this to myself again next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. You know, I remember back to the sentimental parts of things. And, you know, coaches do it for a long time. And I remember being in the, uh, um, and Coach Bachman when he finally got out. And golly, one day I came in and, and Greg Freewald, who was our mayor here in town, who coached defensive line for me for a year and there was just a pile of stuff in the middle of the locker room and coach Bachman had cleaned out cleaned out his basement and it was trophies awards different things like that and he said hey anybody wants this can have it so at some point you just move on to, to a different step and uh uh and go from there that's about everything I've ever heard anyone say about him just in one sentence just hey who wants to come get it <laughs> exactly and uh yeah, he was uh, the time when I came in, and I feel very blessed to have this opportunity. Um, he was around working for the parks, and uh, Bob Pretty uh, was still living at that point. Had been diagnosed with cancer, and uh, and Bob uh, got to retire from education, but not really in full health. So Bob passed in his uh, uh, mid to late fifties, and. Uh, him and his wife took Christy and I out to eat four or five times for just bending over backwards to help. Coach Bachman stopped in and said, hey, I'm not going to come in and bug you, but uh, any way that I can help, just ask and come out. And he'd pop in after a game here and there. He was at the first game that we won against Sydney and set up in the old school and watched the game. So very, very supportive individuals and very, very St. Mary's oriented and I just feel blessed to have an opportunity to have spent some time with both guys the end of this season has a very oddity to it in that uh October 23rd I remember this because it's my wife's birthday uh go to Bellbrook get close to the kickoff and then no game go home uh is it true somebody told me that your coaches left and went to Starbucks I don't think so no they were all with me uh, in the uh, gymnasium the first night. Okay. Uh, it just sounded mind. like something Boog would do. Well, he could have. Who knows with that? I think I don't. I remember him being in there with us that night. So I, I don't. I think that's all um, just a social media uh, <laughs> fabrication. But he might have went to get a cup of coffee or something. Who knows? That's what and happens came back. When you believe yeah. that Twitter. Uh, yeah, how, that's right. how odd was that though I mean you get back in the bus you have to sit there there's lightning going on there's a storm hour and a half two hours go by okay we're not going to play tonight come back tomorrow right it was one of the stranger situations I'd ever ever been through first of all um, you know in our area 
Um, some of the COVID restraints weren't quite so strict as they were down there. So we really never had a locker room when we got down there. We're on the side of a hill. Uh, you know, we're, we're nursing tons of injuries with wetting and ankle and a number of other kids really uh, fighting uh, or out of the lineup. And we had other kids banged up and, and then to go two nights in a row and Bellbrook had a fantastic football team that I thought played a well game that, that night. But, uh, um, but yeah, it, it, it wasn't the easiest thing I've done it before. And, you know, uh, and when Kobe was a, uh, uh, a senior, we had to go back to pick or play two days in a row. We had to go back the next day at noon, which was tough. And we were controlling the game the night before, but, uh, yeah, that wasn't an easy situation, pretty long trip and, and just really logistics, a tough situation. We're on the side of a hill and, you know, just, uh, it, it was different. I mean, I, I think that's the most 2020 ending to a season, but I mean, for you now, for that to be the last game of your career, it seems like, all right, well, I've gone through some challenges, so why wouldn't the last game be kind of memorable in a, in an odd way? <laughs> yeah, that was an odd way. And, uh, and, you know, I, like I said, I thought they, uh, they ran into, uh, didn't, didn't play as well the next week, but I thought they were just a stacked football team that, uh, that we had played Bellbrook throughout my career earlier and had beaten them, but, um, they were loaded with talent, and that was a good run for them. But, uh, you know, obviously, only one team doesn't finish the season with a win. Or only one team finishes the season with a win. Everybody else finished with a, finishes with a loss uh, if you're in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, so that wasn't a great way, but yeah, it was certainly a different situation. How proud are you of your time as a coach? Not just necessarily for the football field, but I know – not to get into specifics, that there are a lot of instances in which uh, a young man has had issues at home or issues with things going on outside that you've kind of been able to sort of mentor them and sort of try to put them on the right path. And that's the thing that people say to me in St. Mary's about Doug Fry is, yes, we love him as a football coach, but you have to understand what he does for young people. I mean, how much does that mean to you to be able to, to help out a young man who might be struggling? That means everything. And, you know, I was a guy that grew up one street over from Martin Luther King Drive with nothing but factory lots in between. And, uh, you know, so I fought to attach myself to athletics to make sure that, you know, I didn't catch down the wrong, wrong path. And, uh, you know, we have, there's a, it's a, you know, a lot of kids are, are struggling in, in today's times and, uh, it's tough. And sometimes, we, you know, it comes back to hurt us at times. Sometimes we hang on and we try to keep helping kids and, and they don't want to. And, and, you know, they buck you, but I've always found if the parent cares and the parent really buys in, they're going to support you and they're going to, to help and, and want what's best. But to me, it's just a mechanism to be able to help people. Well, I'd imagine it's easier to talk to the kids now that you got your own Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and I that partially was born from a boredom over the COVID <laughs> period of time. So my wife said, "Hey, you need to connect." Of course, I live I'm three and a half hours away from my hometown where I grew up, and and uh, as you get older, people go different directions. So I started out trying to reconnect with a lot of my high school uh, friends as that started out, and then then basically found that the different places we had been, my wife and I, and I'd coached. A lot of uh, those old players wanted to connect again, so that's kind of it's kind of neat. And I guess I'm uh, being modernized now. For people so. who don't know this and don't get what that's about, uh, we had a conversation one morning when I was at the high school interviewing him about social media and about all these things that the, the kids would try to get him to get, whether it was Twitter or now TikTok. And he just kind of looked at me with a blank look of, "Yeah, that's not that's not a thing. That's not going to happen." <laughs> they can pull me towards the computer part, but I'm not doing the rest of that. And, and uh, no, yeah, I, I love I love it. I I love that you're able to do that and reconnect. And I, you just I, I can't say enough good things when people say Doug Fry to me. You know what's Doug Fry like? And, and I joked about it earlier that people over the years have said, "Oh, you know, he's hard to deal with" or whatever. I said, "Did you go at him respectfully?" And generally answered, well, you know, I, uh, and I said, there's your problem. I, yeah. we had a conversation when I first started and I've tried to be respectful to him in any way that I could, whether it was to him or about him. And guess what? We don't have any problems and I'm beyond <laughs> thankful for that. 
Well, people like to, I think the part of our society is, and and, uh, and it's a fault of our society. We like to, to kind of put people in a box and say they're this way or they're that way. Most people, and I think that's become even worse in today's times with, with our cell phone generation and with our social media. We just really need to talk to each other a little bit more is the bottom line. And all the social media isn't bad. It's not a bad thing. Of course, I'm a Facebook guy. <laughs> just I'm not a Twitter guy yet, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but I, am, the, uh, I'm not, I can't wait for your TikTok. Yeah, I'm not. I probably just count on my grandkids to show me those things, but uh, uh, but I just think people need to communicate a little bit, bit more, and uh, and you know, and continue to care about the things that are necessary. And uh, and and in our, in our society is tough in that regard, but uh, because we put some limits on people being able to help other people. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I appreciate those kind words, and uh, you know, we as a program, that's our number one mission of operation. We're kids and we care about your grades we care about your family we care about uh you playing multiple sports we want you out for all of them and we care about your work ethic and we care about your your personal skills so we try to do our best to help last couple of days uh you announce stepping away with some health issues and being closer to family and having more time how how's the reception of that been i mean how have people been when they've reached out to you People have been fantastic. I, just sometimes I, I think people, and I'm the same way, you just get in your own little clique or your own little area and your own little problems and you take care of things. But And, and I think we sometimes say, well, people don't care, this and that. People generally are great, great people. And, you know, as we, we go through struggles in society and in our, in our, in our country, this, you know, we really have great people around us. It's just uh, sometimes they uh, – they don't step forward unless they see a reason, but the people have been fantastic. The community's fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'm still going to be part of things and continue to help out, but yeah, it's been great. Well, I look forward to the day down the road when the Doug Fry podcast comes out and you just tell old football stories. I would listen to that every week. Well, I, <laughs> sometimes, uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. I tell you that I told my wife sometime I ought to probably just uh, write a book sometime of all these, different stories and most of them are not about football most of them are about uh just different things that happen throughout the uh throughout the years and uh uh, you see less of the i coach multiple sports for many years and coach basketball and um you know track baseball those things so a lot of them are from the other sports too but yeah uh, maybe somebody will find that interesting well i would love to have you on anytime you just want to tell football stories Okay, well, you'll have to get back to me because I might need more to do with my time <laughs> right. at different, different moments. So hey. uh, give, me, give me a call and we'll do that. You were never <laughs> going to be a Facebook guy. Now look what happened. <laughs> you got to change with the times, don't you? Right. Uh, the adapt or perish, I think, is how that goes. Uh, exactly. Again, exactly. I, I can't say thank you enough. I've, I've loved being able to cover your team's last handful of years. I'm excited for you about you being able to have more time to – to be a husband and to be grandpa and everything that comes next. I appreciate that. There's nothing more important than family. And I appreciate all of our conversations. That's the now former St. Mary's head football coach in a Doug Fry back with more here in just a few. It's time for Skillet to rock the drive-in theater tour with special guest Jordan Feliz and Colton Dixon. Live and in person for a night of energy and excitement unlike any other. April 24th in Middle Point at Vandell Drive-In. Bring up to six people per car with your blankets and lawn chairs to enjoy a night of live music and fun. The drive-in theater tour with Skillet, Jordan Feliz, and Colton Dixon. Tickets available now at driveintheatertour.com. Another awakening event from the Awakening Foundation. Back and talking to a jack-of-all-trades in a Fort Loramie, a current softball coach in Brad Turner, and I say that that way because it's springtime, maybe not necessarily today before you take on Bakken's, but uh, it's supposed to be nice out. It's been nice the last couple of days. You're just glad to get outside, I would think. Oh, absolutely. Uh, after the long, um, after everything being canceled last year and, and uh, the long winter, um, we are grateful to get out anytime, anytime we uh, can. And uh, we've been able to get out a lot here than the early part of the season. Um, we really, really had a front loaded schedule and amazingly we've been able to get them all in. So we'll see what happens um, with, with today's game with Watkins. Hopefully uh, we get a break in the clouds and able to get it in. But uh, yeah, it's been, a, um, it's always, always good to get out on the field. 
Did you have any thought about trying to move it? Because I know everybody else kind of the last 24, 48 hours have tried to move up any game they could. Yeah, uh, I don't. I kind of leave that uh, that type of discussion with uh, up to the ads. Um, there's especially in the Shelby County League. There's more that goes into it than just kind of moving it because uh, usually baseball and softball we're on the same schedule. For example, the uh, varsity baseball game is going on at the same time. So, you know, we, we don't we we can't just operate on ourselves as we uh, you know it also affects uh, the other games and and that type of thing. So. Um, Whatever, whatever the weather, whatever the athletic directors say, that's what we're going to do. Generally, when things don't go right, I just blame them on Corey Britton. <laughs> uh, we, we, we can we can go with that. Um, yeah, yeah. I know Corey's done a lot of good here at Fort Laramie. He's brought a lot of excitement, and uh, uh, the success speaks for itself. So uh, we're we're glad to have Corey on board here on staff. I generally joke with Carla about that every time that I talk to her too. Of you know anything that doesn't go right in your program is probably Corey's fault. <laughs> well, you know, every every uh, everybody needs a scapegoat, so uh, uh, yeah, he, that can be an easy one. He's, he, he's got he's got he's got broad shoulders; he can take it. Right, he's got two little girls; he's got bigger problems. Yep, yep. Uh, you lose the opener three two in a close game. Uh, you guys have been on fire ever since then, though. Yeah, um, and and I tell you, even that even that uh, loss to Troy was one of our better games played. Um, so. Uh, I, Michael, I, I wasn't quite sure what to expect this year after having everything canceled last year. And um, we have really a, a lot of girls playing positions that they haven't necessarily specialized in or played before. And, um, you know, five girls are either sophomores or freshmen that are in the typical starting lineup. And, um, you know, and you got to keep in mind those sophomores are essentially you know, they are playing their first varsity year too. So it's kind of like having five freshmen out there basically. Um, and we, 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 one thing we do have is that this year we, we, we got some athletes. We've got some girls that, um, have some physical abilities that, uh, you know, are, are, are uh, way above average and, um, it's, it's come together. We've caught some good breaks, uh, in a few games and, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very, very pleasantly surprised with uh, jumping out to an eight and one start on the season. I wanted to know who uh, put the schedule together because when I was reading it, it said uh, you, when you played Troy, it was at an unknown location. Were you just trying to kind of hide, or did you owe some people some money and didn't want them to find you, or how'd that work? <laughs> you know what? I'm not sure how things um, get. <laughs> Put out there or whatever, uh, especially early in the spring. Um, if you know, you gotta keep in mind our uh, athletic director Mitch Westerite was pretty busy late into the winter season with uh, taking care of uh, the girls' state championship in basketball and um, you know getting tickets arrangements and uh, ticket arrangements and all that stuff. So um, I, nothing was done intentional. I will. I will. I can vouch for that i just assume that you guys were taking that we'll play anybody any place anywhere anytime thing to a whole new level well not 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 necessarily that um i i did want to jump on that that uh first saturday opportunity um other than that our first our first regular season game would have been at rushi to start the season off and um i i felt that we needed to make certain that we got prepped and ready for that game um if there was a way we can play a competitive game before that uh that that league opener um i definitely wanted to make that happen and um troy reached out to us we played them a couple times in, in years before and then uh and then uh, it was a three-way with miami so another strong program um coach cato there has got uh he, he's he, he's well respected in our area and um uh yeah to play a couple good games on that saturday to get things going was a, a big boost and it was great weather great great it was a great day you wouldn't think you'd be able to say that in march no yeah we we have been blessed uh yeah I, the, the fact that i've coached in the shorts and short sleeves already multiple times um i i, I i'm that typical ohio uh, native who's just waiting for the other shoe to drop but we'll let this let this good weather keep coming and hopefully it will will continue well when i was in loramie a couple weeks ago it was uh, 75 degrees and a 22 mile an hour wind blowing straight home in the game against cold water on a tuesday and i know you guys were playing too and I mean, that's that's not an easy thing to try to judge those balls that start out in the outfield. I've never seen an outfield play about 10 or 20 feet off the back of the infield before. 
it, yeah, um, I you know I I played on that field and um, yeah, that's a big uh, when when the field is put in, it's like the wrong direction for hitters because it's the prevailing wind is it's it's coming in from the west and typically blowing in on the baseball field. Our softball field set up the opposite way though, so it was blowing out on our days and uh, <laughs> um, we we had we, Lauren Bergman popped one out, but uh, cold water we we survived three three cold water home runs. Uh, to, to get that win, so uh, yeah, you, you got That's the thing about spring, <laughs> spring sports, softball, baseball, and track. You you got a lot of other elements that uh, aren't necessarily there for the other parts of the season. We don't have the thunderstorms that Friday night football games have to deal with so much, but uh, um, we, we we take them as they come. You talk about cold water. I mean, you got to see uh, Madison Mundell is having a terrific year. For the Cavaliers already uh, the other day hit a couple of home runs hit hit the one in the game you're talking about but I mean that's you got I I think she's going to be something pretty special over there in Cavalier Land I agree um, yeah we we were able to get we we, we jumped on we jumped on them early um, and I think that um, obviously was the key to our our, our victory uh, yeah she's 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 got it um, throws 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 at a good velocity and mixes things up pretty good. Um, we were uh, just we were able to run into enough of them um, and uh, get the runs across that we needed for a good victory for us. I've always loved the way the Shelby County League sort of intermingles with the MAC in that you've got uh, a handful of doubleheaders. You play St. Henry, you play Minster. I, I just I, I love how that happens of those two leagues being so close. How is that? Does it make it easier for you guys in terms of scheduling? Of we know we have X amount of games against Shelby County League teams. But we have such a good rapport with the Mac. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. We 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 got Versailles coming to town uh, on Saturday for for another one, and and we we played Parkway uh, in our. Um, we got them coming in our invitational, and then we actually play them again at the showcase. So we're playing Parkway twice as well. Um, yeah, it, it the, the fact that we don't have to go real far to find good uh, good competition with similar types of programs, similar type of types of coaches, and. Um, Great athletes, um, great great schools. Uh, you know, it, it it makes it quite easy um, as far as scheduling goes. Uh, we're, we're actually right at the border between the southwest and northwest regions, so we don't necessarily see those teams in tournament. Um, and there's plenty of good softball in our area. You know, we could go a little bit south. I mentioned Miami East, but you know, anybody in the CCC. I mean, holy cow! You know, Bradford and um, is solid. Arcana, man. So um, there's a lot of good softball that's played in our area, and uh, it's nice that you don't have to go real, real. You don't have to search real far to to find uh, plenty of uh, good competition around. You mentioned something that I thought was fascinating. I, I didn't even really think of in terms of your girls, in in that the sophomores are now kind of first year players. But how? I mean, it's so odd. Last year is what it is. It ends up kind of being a throwaway year in terms of the spring. But I mean, now you've got to. You you can't really put it away because it affects so much of what you want to do in twenty one. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I understand your question, Michael. Well, Could you rephrase it, please? I'm not sure I understood it to be honest with you, but I mean, just kind of the <laughs> okay. the ramifications of the way twenty twenty went, and that it it cut down so much. Not just the the first year girls in your program, but you're you're almost having to retool for this year and kind of learn a lot of things over again. Gosh, very good. Yeah, you, you, and that. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. I, yeah, last year was such a. It, it was. It, it it was. It it sucked. Um, <laughs> honestly, and I remember. That's the uh, best way just answered that. Well, it just did. It, it for on so many different levels. Um, I I remember the day because it happened to be my birthday, and it just it and and it's May nineteenth, and it. I, I got a bit of news regarding spring sports and how things are going to go with summer and all, you know, and, and it, 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 there was just so many question marks. And, um, the push for me at that point was make it something, let's make something happen for those 2020 seniors. And, um, I had three girls that, you know, had given everything they could for four years. And I just, they, to not have your senior season, it was, it was just 
rough. So we threw together. We ended up playing 21 games in the summer, mostly double headers. And you know those 2020 seniors, including Macy Emily, JC Pyatt, uh, JC Hankey, and uh, and Desiree Fote, um, You know that was kind of the focus. And as far as getting that whole thing going, and then it was such a blur. We played all those games basically in the month of June, and it was about two two and a half three weeks into it. I'm like, oh yeah, we have to build. So, you know, we got to see what we got for next year, and it kind of, yeah. So everything happened so fast and furious with the summer. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just. And you talk about re, re, retooling and resetting. That actually, that was the word I used. Reset when I we got together with our player and uh, players and coaches. Um, this was kind of a reset year for us. That's what I looked at it as. Like, in fact, even our even our 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 t-shirts and hoodies are uh, the same design I had way back when I started. Like, we're just kind of resetting, refocusing, and and kind of reestablishing the good things and. Now, after a few years, I know some of the things we don't want to do anymore. And so if there's any silver lining, I guess that's it. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was definitely a, a unique experience having to totally kind of regroup and say, all right, this is where we were and this is where we are. Now, how do we get to where we want to go? How different was golf season this year? Obviously, it ends with uh, a lot of success. But, I mean, just kind of the same thing. You're coming out of the back end of COVID and where you're – you're allowed to do certain things in the fall. And for the most part, it's a pretty one on zero game. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I, golf was it, 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 as frustrating as mainly was. That's how glorious August 1st was, um, to see the kids competing, to, to, to see them able to do the things that they are capable of doing. And, and I, I tell you, one good thing that came out of COVID was my golfers, they got a lot of golf in, in the fall because, you know, Gayla Meyer and, and Devin Rotterman, uh, they, they weren't, they, they couldn't have, they didn't have basketball things to go to. Um, so, uh, they played a plenty of golf and, uh, um, in the, in the summer leading up to it. So, um, that to me was like, we, we, when we really started to get back to normal, um, you know, like, okay, yeah, this is, these are, these are good things that are happening. And, um, yeah, the golf season was, at the start of it, the whole thing was very refreshing and, and we had a great deal of success the best year that Fort Lorman golf ever had. So that was a lot of fun as well. I've been asked uh, a number of things from uh, your extended Putnam County family of people who don't know your wife, cousins with the Burnesser family and Bo and Tate. I've loved getting to call their games over the years, but it was asked of me, how do you come Uh-oh. from a house with a wife and three daughters? Are you allowed to watch TV upstairs tonight or do you have to go to the basement? Well, we, we, we have one level and luckily my girls are at one level where the, the TVs are. Um, and tonight we'll all be, we'll, it'll all be about the masters and everybody in the family knows this. Uh, I love the masters. Um, it's, it is, it's very enjoyable, enjoyable, uh, weekend, even though I've got, uh, we've got, we've got four games between now and Saturday, but, uh, they, they, and they sit and watch it with me. So, um, uh, but otherwise we, 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 you know, well, you don't know how teenage daughters are yet. Uh, they're on their, they're on, <laughs> you'll find out sooner and things will probably change between now and then, but they're, they're occupied on their phones and, and homework and that type of stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's good, but I ultimately know how the decisions get made at, uh, at our, at our house. Well, I mean, that's gotta be kind of refreshing for you in a way of, I don't have to make decisions after I spend all year with golf and softball. It is. Yes. My wife, Andrea is, um, it, uh, there's no way I could do it without her. She, um, she, we, we've, we've got three girls that are active. Um, the oldest Aubrey plays, uh, with us right now. She's also golf. She also golfs, uh, autumn's busy with, uh, she's playing junior high softball and, um, is busy as well. And Addison's our little dancer in uh, in fourth grade and, getting getting to appointments and all three of them were embraces at one point in our time we got we got some allergies we're dealing with and shots and all that so 
between Andrea and uh, my parents and her parents, um, it, 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 the extended family is, uh, it make, makes, makes it all happen. And, um, any, any, any coach with kids would tell you the same thing that their spouse is, uh, is a key to any team's program. I would imagine that that makes it kind of, and I know you lived in Grove for a couple of years. I, this is how I was told. We got him out of Loramie for a few years. He lived in Grove, and then the fort <laughs> sucked him back. Uh, it kind of made that run that the Bulldogs went on a little more special this year from the outside sort of looking in. It, it did. I, I I wish uh, I was able to see the um, the Verhoff grandsons doing their thing. Um, yeah, what a special treat to, to see. Luckily, I was uh, able to catch some games, and uh, I, I, wa- I watched the Autoville tournament game. God, that, what a ball game that was. And, um, yeah, it was it, – it, it's it's really cool to see. And, you know, to know to know uh, uh, Tony and Kim and, and um, Jeff and Nikki and Jerry and Randy, the, the, you know, the parents of all those boys, and, and to know – but their great, their their great grandparents Ted and Eloise would have they, they were they enjoyed every bit of it, that run, and uh, was was pretty cool. So yeah, I got uh, not only did I get Andrea out of Columbus Grove, I also uh, Andrea got one sister, and she married a Fort Laramie guy in Kirsten Phil. They are backdoor neighbors. They live in Fort Laramie, and and I've got and I and I pulled my in laws into Fort Laramie as well. So um, yeah, we brought the whole the whole family uh, is, is now now Fort Laramie Redskins. But uh, those those bulldogs. Uh, Bulldog colors run run true in in, uh, in their hearts as well. Well, it's funny because when I had reached out to you on Twitter about doing this, you said uh, topics might include Titan Burgers, Red Pig Ribs, Pizzeria <laughs> Breadsticks. Uh, also, if you don't go by Grillers every once in a while when you go through there, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I, I, I 100% agree. Um, you know, Grillers was that Grillers came in after I left, but I have I have been back. And uh, yes, the the Grillers Tavern is, uh, is they got a good they got a good thing going. There's a good good vibe. It's neat to see neat to see places like that um, kind of reemerge. And uh, was just in Columbus Grove um, within the last week or ten days to visit uh, Andrea's grandmother who lives right right in in Columbus Grove. And I'm interested to see what happens in the downtown area. Um, unfortunate what happened with the uh, with the fire there on the corner, but uh, I know those people will uh, um, build back better and better, or bigger and better and stronger. And uh, it'll be it's always good to go back. Well, you'll have to remind me next time I see you. I've got uh, quite a few coupons for free Titan Burgers in my bag. Very good. I did, and I mentioned when I did go back, we did have pizzeria. <laughs> yeah, so that I, I wasn't able to cross that off. But it's, it's man, boy, it's been a long time. It's been too long since I had a Titan Burger. Hope next year Fort Laramie basketball is heading up to OG, and uh, um, that's going to. I don't know. Maybe we'll get there early enough for a Titan Burger, and then maybe hit Red Pig for dinner on the way back. <laughs> so. I mean, that's that's a nice vacation that you've got planned. I I like it. Well, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, could maybe, yeah, could make make that all work. I'll be there. Putnam County, Shelby County, County people are so similar. That was the, that's 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 it's it's crazy how uh, how how much how many things are in common between the two uh, the, the those areas. It's pretty neat. I'll be there that day, so I uh, I might be able to know find a guy who can hook you up. Very very good. That sounds 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 like a plan. I'll be there. Good luck tonight with Botkins and uh, the rest of the way. I've enjoyed having this conversation, even having to figure out why you have a Cleveland number. That uh, yeah. wasn't, wasn't the story I was expecting, but I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you guys have a, a terrific season. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for reaching out and giving the opportunity to talk about some good things that are happening at Fort Laramie. And uh, thanks for what you do for high school sports. It's nice to see, nice to see uh, kids get recognized for all their efforts. Eh, whatever I can do. That's Brad Turner, the man of many coats. You can find him up and down the road at your local food establishment, and coaching at Fort Laramie <laughs> Softball. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like French fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962.
Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and we'll be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Welcome back. A final time here this week on the show. What you don't know is that while that break was going on, my wife came by with a baby who uh, was not happy at all and is still not happy, screaming in the background. I would like to bring her on, but I feel like I'll probably wait until she gets a little better with the English language or maybe some Spanish. I don't know. Well, the screaming doesn't, uh, doesn't tell a real big story unless she's unhappy with daddy, and then that's a whole other thing. But a big thanks to uh, Brad Turner and to Doug Fry for being a part of the uh, show this week. I enjoyed having them on, and I uh, hope you enjoyed their conversations as well. You can find them both on your social media. Coach Fry, obviously, only on Facebook, but uh, very big on the Twitter. Are they in Fort Loramie? It, uh, it is a good time to go back and forth with these folks and, and get to know them on a personal level, and I hope that you've enjoyed it. You go out and support the uh, local track meets and a softball and baseball going on right now, getting into the thick of probably a youth season before very long. And I've talked about businesses of the week every week, and it's something uh, kind of a bigger business. A lot of folks know about, but I've seen a lot about it on Twitter and on Facebook the last handful of days with it getting nicer. It's QP in Lima. I know uh, I've had it a couple of times, and you don't necessarily think about places that you are close to, uh, when everybody else says, you know, I got to go there. Well, that's true. But they uh, they have always done right. And I had it a, a couple of times the last couple of weeks with some things going on and being around there that uh, make sure you go out and get it. It doesn't matter which one of the locations you go to. Take my tip, by the way. Don't wait in the line outside. Go inside and order it, and uh, you'll just be set. Just get a double cheeseburger and some fries. You'll be all set. But again, big thanks to the coaches for being on this week. We've got more next week. Hopefully talk about uh, some track as well. Uh, Still trying to get that all set up and some more softball as well. Go out, support local high school sports, and uh, be safe. That's all I've got. Have a great night. And you're better tomorrow from all of us here at Around the Hearn. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.